Hello, ladies and gentlemen. This episode of the podcast is with my friend Manuel. We get into it on this one, man. We 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 take you down a rabbit hole of all kinds of shit. Um, I'm I really just I can't say anymore. I think that this episode is one of my more fire ones. Uh, we get into it. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another episode of Esoteric Gladiator. I am your host, Jeremy Lipsy. Today I'm joined by an old and special friend, uh, my buddy, Brother Mark, as I refer to him. And uh, I'm, I'm really pleased to have him on the show, and I, I think we're going to talk about a few interesting topics. Um, and, uh, you know, as I tell all my friends... I'm an outside observer from the political playground, but I do have a lot of opinions on it because I pay attention. So, uh, Mark, why don't you uh, tell us a little bit about yourself? <laughs> um, I, you know, as as most kids, I mean, I'm 58. Um, my father was uh, had a history of was an interesting person. Um, when he was a young man, he was in intelligence, mm. and um, he actually he actually worked for the pre NSA NSA. Okay. And um, to this day, he still won't tell me anything <laughs> other than what's been declassified, or what? if I uh, go ahead. Oh, I was gonna say what, what I I didn't know that about your dad for some oh, really? reason I, I thought he was a minister for some reason no 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 <laughs> not my pops <laughs> no he's uh he's one of those myths and geniuses people and my uh, middle brother is also one of those folks um oh. and i'm i'm a smart guy but my smarts is from just you know digging in and doing the work life um, experience and just studying, you know, studying. Yes. And, um, you know, I came along uh, in my life before computers. <laughs> and um, and so, you know, I've always had an inquisitive mind, uh, music person. And um, one of the earliest thing memories I have of my pops, you know, when you're taking them long uh, trips as a family, and we had the old uh, the station wagon, right? And, yeah. Uh, my brother and I would lay in the back this before, you know, you can't, you know, every, everybody's so paranoid about everybody crashing and all that stuff. Kids did crazy stuff like standing yeah. up in the back to pick up. Yeah, my, you know, my parents had a, a station wagon too with the, with yeah, the back so, seat. Yeah, so we, we was laid out so we could lay down and sleep and we were making this long, long trip. And everybody in the family was asleep but me. I've always been a, you know, a night person since I was a kid. Me too. Still am. And, um, and so we was just my pops and I, and I've, and I, I don't know, I was probably five, six. Yeah. And I was sitting there looking up at the stars and I've always loved, you know, science and fascinated with, with nature and, and especially space, you know, the stars and, and the planets and how it all works. And, and I was contemplating as a kid, um, man, what happened before everything? This is before I ever knew of the Big Bang or any of that stuff. Yeah. So, any of that. 
but I was just contemplating um, life in general as a child and where I came from and what 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 the concept is of what is nothing. And I was laying there. I don't know where this came from. I was contemplating what is nothing. <laughs> and and it frustrated me because every time I thought about nothing, as soon as I thought about it, it was something. And so I asked my dad, I said, Dad, you know, as kids do, you know, ask him lots of questions and they try to answer them. My dad's favorite answer was, son, you know, when you die, God will tell you everything you need to know. But I asked him that, that one night, I was like, dad, what is nothing? You know, and he was trying to explain it to me, but I told him, I said, you know, every time though I, I think of nothing, it becomes something. So how can we know what nothing is when we can't know it? I don't so think there's can... anything... I don't think uh, nothing is is real. I don't think there's an there's actual. You know what I mean? Because if you can't define it, then it doesn't exist. There's always been something. Well, and that and that's kind of the crutch of of all the basis of the the divergence of philosophy of 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 the unmoved mover by you know. Aristotle talking about the unmoved mover and and which is my logical faith, which I know I have a lot of people that argue with me that that's not possible. You know, you, faith is not logical. I'm like, well, whatever. You're trying to, to define me by your thinking. And that's that's not logical and that's not cool. Yes. I don't define you by, by my thinking. You, Every person has their own way of discovering things and where they're at ever and that and that's the that's kind of also kind of leads to where we're at today that everybody and i've known this my whole life that everybody is unique and individual yeah. everybody's an individual absolutely and to me and brother to me that's what that's what's so awesome about living is that everybody is unique and I've always been the kid who embraced you. I was me. And no matter how hard my father would try to discipline me and try to say, no, you, I always wanted long hair. I always wanted to do this. I wanted to do that. And no, you got to look like this. You got to be this way. And people, teachers, you know, whatever. I was very resistant. My poor parents. Yeah. <laughs> I'm surprised they didn't just take me out in the woods and go, hey, let's play hide and seek. You go and hide, and then they take yeah. off. Yeah, you me know? too, man. I've always and, been a black and, sheep. Yeah, and, and I was fortunate to find my soulmate who was exactly the same way. But but that that whole thing of, of, of individualism, and and so the, the concept, you know, of and, and then having that inquisitive mind as a kid, and I never lost that. But and and I think if you're not a liberal as a kid, there's something wrong with you. Yeah. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? Because, because you, you want to have compassion. Right, right. And and I and to me, I, this is just you know, my and everything I'm saying is always my most humble opinion. Right? And and to me, 
when you're a kid, you look at a suffering animal. You want to help the animal. Yeah. You look at uh, somebody, your your neighbors, they're, they're, they're hungry. You want to feed them. You, you have this, I think, uh, and, and I think there's people that either are, are empathic, like uh, have that empathy yes. and have that, that type of nature, or they don't. Absolutely. And then, then you have the kid over there that you have a suffering animal and they want to go set it on fire or something. Yes. Or kick it. Or let's see how far we can throw this cat, you know, or whatever. It, just, and, and I, I'm not saying that good and evil is that simplistic, but it, it, that exists. <laughs> and it, and I think it exists down to a, a core nature. Absolutely. It's something that, that we can't, I don't know, you, some people maybe grow out, I don't know. But I, I think a lot of that too has to do with sometimes social upbringing, uh, you know, things that were taught, uh, sometimes uh, parents not teaching their children right from wrong, sometimes people, you know, growing up without specific parents in their life uh you know sometimes you know sometimes kids are just curious and they're they're just testing boundaries too but i think too there's a percentage of human beings that are just born without certain things in their dna or genetics and like you know studies would lead you to believe that 30 percent of society is either a narcissist a sociopath or a psychopath now you could break those three down in percentages as well and it's clear to me that the psychopaths are running the world um yeah and that the narcissists are working for them in media (laughs) and and so and so you know my my pops you know i what was he doing you know he was this is post, and, and this is this is crazy. And this this, and here's a little bit of uh, hope and light in 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 the darkness of this divisiveness that's being oppressively uh, put upon us here in this world today, where it's like this ever incessant needling and trying and trying and trying and trying and trying and trying to get people. Divide them into little groups and divide and conquer. That, yeah. that make you opposite, make you hate, and and do everything to stop unification. Well, yeah, you know, a lot of people today they need to look at at film footage and study what happened in the Second World War. Mm-hmm. They need to they need to they need to see what happens when that is brought to fruition and the devil is laughing spreading his wings like the black sabbath song you know uh children <laughs> you know war pigs and and satan laughs in those situations um looking at how he's twisted people's possibly a good person but when you know if you are in a situation and your quote-unquote enemy has come in and they brutally rape, rape and murder your wife and yeah. your young daughters and torture and shoot your children in the head in front of you. You're gonna, you're gonna look for some retribution, brother. Yeah, you ain't got nothing to lose. I don't know at that what point. kind of man isn't gonna 
if somebody brutalized my wife, there's, there's, there ain't nothing I, you know, come on. I'm not Jesus. Yeah. No, Jesus has the, he, and we're supposed to, we're called to that higher level of love, but there's a certain point that people break. And, and, and that brutalization was happening in the Second World War between Russia and Germany. Oh, absolutely. And, and what those people were doing to one another is horrific. You know, when you're, when you're talking about a, a situation like when we were firebombing, before we nuked Japan, we were firebombing them. You know that, right? So, you know, it wouldn't be uncommon for over 100,000 people to die in one bombing raid. Yeah. 100,000. And so we're talking about incredible, incredible destruction, death, mayhem, suffering, untold suffering. You know, you know what? People so flippantly talk about, you know, the bullshit today, and it just boils me. Let me just get to this one thing. I was just going to say, but the light at the end of that tunnel. So my, my grandfather, so my dad had his dad and his stepdad. His, his real pops um, was down in Hawaii the day it was bombed. He personally Pearl Harbor? That, yes, he was at Pearl Harbor. Okay. He was there when it got bombed. He saw the bombs hitting the ships. He saw that happen. He survived that. My dad's stepdad was in the army, and he fought the Germans. My mother was a German and her father was in the German army before it became the Nazi German army. Mm -hmm. He was a sergeant and he was in the, the group to get a battalion, whatever the, the group that went up through the Blitzkrieg through Poland and then went into Russia of all the soldiers that went there, less than 200 of his entire group a massive amount of guys survived mm -hmm. he fought in the battle of stalingrad and he's got a great story to tell about that he, which he relayed to me um, about how they his small group of guys and the russians on the other side called their own truce because it was so damn cold that he said their guns wouldn't shoot the germans didn't and the russian dude across the way took pity on him and invited him into their house Wow. A, a German soldier, and and, and that was that was Nazis. arch enemies of the Nazis. Dude, uh, and the Russians kind of and became, Nazis were. Dude, I, I'm telling you, man. And so when when they retreated, he walked he walked back. And remember, by this time, dude, they their supply lines were decimated, so they didn't have a lot of stuff. So he ended up walking back into, you know, in his home country. By then, the Allies had come and conquered and taken over Germany, and they were arresting every single soldier that came in, and then they would interview them for war crimes. Yeah. And so yeah. my mom and, and brother, I got pictures. I've got, I've got pictures of all of my relatives on my mother's side that were in, you know, her, her uncle, uncle or uh, – cousin it might have been her cousin uh, was in the gestapo he was an ss guy 
Yeah. You know, and if you look at his picture, he looks like an SS guy. And they, you know, my, and so I've got direct knowledge from what they went through. My mom's sitting there, you know, the, watching the bombs fall and blow up, you know, rail yards. And stuff. Mm-hmm. So what I'm getting is the, all this stuff happened. And then my dad gets stationed over in Germany to basically, you know, keep an eye on the, the Soviet Union and what they're up to. Nudge, nudge, wink, wink, say yeah. no more. Copy, yeah. copy that. And while he was there, lo and behold, he looks, you know, he's in a one of those little beer fest places, you know, in Bavaria. And he looks over and sees this little cute German girl. And he's like, hmm. and, he, you know, his story, the way he tells it, he told one of his buddies, I'm going to marry that girl before he even met her. And guess what? He married her. And the day he married her, when he went to go marry her, he boom, he lost his security clear. But wow. he married her. But he married her. And she at, I don't know how old she was, like 19, 20, right? she came back to the United States with my pops. I uh, Not barely speaking any German, uh, I... any English. So there you have it. The very next generation came together. And, and we here in were, the states, people would be pissed off if you were driving a Volkswagen. We were, uh, we were, we were roommates when your mother passed, correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that, that, you was a, my, that was. And you gave me my tattoo on my back. That's right. My, I, t- that I tattooed. Was a I, for her. Yeah, I gave you a, a, your mother's tat, tattoo memorial, and that was a very, that was a challenging time because we were pretty close. You know, I mean, we were close before we were roommates. That's how we became roommates. But I, I remember we. Me and um, my girlfriend at the time took you down to, I think it was Hollywood, to your aunt's house or something. Right. Mm-hmm. And while my did, cousin's while, house, mm-hmm. so weird. While I was in the garage, I noticed the money Mayweather, Floyd Mayweather's van. And I was like, holy shit, Floyd Mayweather's here? And I turned around to walk back to your cousin's house. And Floyd Mayweather like stepped out of the, the fucking elevator, and I met him real quick. It was I was like, wow, that was how crazy, was so crazy. crazy. But, yeah. But hey, I, I wanted to say too, like when it comes to war, and I'm sure you're you're probably on this page, like all of it, it's it's all just been theater. But to to people like you and me and our our parents and and you know just your average members of society, I mean, it's it's real. It's 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 tangible. It's 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 heartbreaking. Right. It's terrifying. But to the elites that pull the strings and orchestrate this theater, um, well, and, it's all and, a way that, for them to, to, to gain access to power and resources. And, 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 it's, and it's win-win for the global elite. Oh, 100%. You know, they, they have not, they, you know, they eliminate a bunch of, you know, and, and truly, if you, if anybody takes the time to do the homework, you know, you listen to what they, the way they talk. And the way they describe people like us, we yeah. are literally less than nothing. Oh yeah, we thought we started. We started talking about nothing. Well, we are the definition of nothing yes. to these people. To the elites, one hundred percent. For us to die, it's meaningless. It's it's just oh cool, more of those are dead. Yeah, you know we need some of those 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 peons, those creatures to do the work 
so we don't have to. We need you to shovel the dirt and to build the Yeah, the we're house. basically their cattle, right? And actually, that's actually that's exactly how they, they talk of us. 100%. Like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and, so, and so, you know, a war to them is a win-win because then everything gets destroyed and who, who makes the money on rebuilding stuff? Well, that no, and then you look in and like the ancient orders uh, from from chaos comes order, you know, according to a lot of these secret societies, particularly the Freemasons from chaos comes order. So they'll cause, you know, all this devastation. And I'm not saying your low level Mason is in on it because I don't believe that. I, I think that a lot of the Masons were, were probably trying to do really good things. But I mean, right. again, you know, they're tied to. And that goes for, you know, y- y- your your political people too. A lot of them are probably trying to do good things, but they got to take orders from somewhere. They got to, you know, it's. Well, my my thought is this: uh, no matter how altruistic and and good you feel about, uh, you know, being whatever, my my vision of when you're president is that you know up until this last president. Uh, when you walk into the the Oval Office there for the first time, you have somebody grab you and slam you up against the wall and go, "Now, we're going to tell you how it is." Yeah, <laughs> and that's it. And you watch, and I've I've just through my life, you know, I've voted. Uh, my first time I voted, Reagan was running. You know, that's the first time I voted, and and to my pop's chagrin you know i voted for a republican i voted for reagan and you know he he's a diehard democrat and, your you know, father oh hell yeah and and i'm always and, and 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 so again what did we say individual right and he's like well why would you vote for somebody who just going to take your money because you know the whole the whole bs again divide and conquer thing was well democrats are for the working people and republicans are for the rich guy well, and, okay. And back yeah, then, that they kind of were, kind of. Yeah, and there was more to it. And, yeah. and already, I had already been going, you know, I took, dude, I my generation was the very first generation that had to sign up for the selective service. <laughs> Mine. And I refused to do it. What was the selective so, service? Can you, can you let us know? Well, the, the selective service, well, there wasn't a draft anymore. Okay. And so okay. there was the because you know after Vietnam, you know, and that was something else. I I watched as a child uh, Vietnam going down, and my oldest brother was about ready to go. Right, and every night as a routine, talk about freaky ass stuff is watching the body counts that they would talk about every night on the news. Yeah, like it was a like it was a basketball game scorecard. The enemy's body counts versus our body counts, yeah. and, you know, and, I, and I'm sitting there thinking, man, that's a person, I mean, yeah. you know, 30 guys, uh, we a hundred and something people died in the blah, blah raid on the blah, 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 you know, all these destinations on a map that, you know, far, far away from us. And I'm just thinking, my God. And, you know, I was in elementary school when that was going down. Yeah. And <laughs> it's just, you know. And so again, so I'm, you know, I'm thinking, you know, so I studied stuff. I went to the library. I read, 
I love to debate. That was something that was strong, strong in our household. Yeah. Uh, my father taught me how to debate without literally teaching me how to debate. Um, so basically, if you're going to disagree, you better have a good thought out argument. Yeah. Or he was going to decimate you. You know what I mean? And there was no excuse. And so, you know, I would say something and he would go, you know, son, that's that doesn't make any sense. Think about what you're saying. Mm-hmm. You know, and then and then he taught me at an early age about universal instances, of references like, you know, saying something like, man, all of them guys suck. Using the word all. Yeah. Or ever. Yeah. He, he would he would never let me use those words when I say never. I'm doing it there. But you know what I mean? Absolutely. So he made me understand that 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 was an illogical concept of thinking that everything in a group is identical so at an early age i was being taught about the value of individualisms and not not this bullshit that's going on today just oh, yeah. blanking coverage that everybody's blank well the whole, everybody in this group is blank the whole you know, two-party system that's the easy way to yeah, that's an easy it's, way to, to divide and conquer. It's changed so drastically. I mean, because, again, I'm an outside observer, and I want to get into this election fraud thing with you because, you know, yeah. I, I'm an outside observer. But when I, like, look back— When you say that, what do you mean by that? Well, uh, as an outside observer? Mm-hmm. Uh, well, basically, I'm not a registered voter— but I lean a particular way, and, I'll, and I'm glad that we're going to talk about election fraud because that's part of why I'm not a registered voter. But um, when when we look at the change in the parties, like they'll say, oh, they switch sides, and I'm like, I don't really see it like that. I think that they just changed their trajectory. When I was younger, if you would have asked me which party do you prefer as an outside observer, I would have said the Democrats. But as I've gotten older, I, I would say definitely the conservatives. Uh, I, the, the, the party that once was the sensible party to me has lost their frickin' minds and now are like, you know, just given into like yeah. fantasy and delusion and lying and cheating and, and, and ignoring facts. And, yeah, and I always refuse to acknowledge a party. And yeah. and one of the yeah. ways they fuck you up. Sorry if I can cuss, but I mean, yeah, you go ahead and cuss the, cuss the fuck out. So right one now. one of the ways they fuck you, and I say they, it's the people who you know. There's no legal thing saying there has to be two parties and this two party system the way it's controlled and you only get uh, A and B to select. That's bullshit. Right. Yeah, Jesse Ventura is a perfect example of that. Yeah. So so this whole thing about about the you know the like the primaries, right? So I'm a non registered voter. I was I I I'm like, well, I'm gonna vote for the person I vote with my conscience. Mm-hmm. I I just detested the idea of the lesser of two evils. Yeah. And I'm like how could you consciously vote for evil and, and to say that, to say that that term, the lesser of two evils, to me, is another controlling mechanism? Yes. So, so you get people to, to acknowledge that this is evil and this is evil, but now I'm going to vote for and install the lesser evil. Which, which is another reason why I don't vote. 
you're still voting for evil. So, but you, I, I, I will argue that that's you're shucking your duty as a sovereign. But that's another thing. And but the, here's the deal: there's no reason why you can't write somebody in, which I have done. Yeah. And so yeah. I, they're like, well, are you. I'm like, I vote for the person. I, I voted for Democrats. I voted for Republicans. I voted for Libertarians. I've wrote people in, like I wrote Ron Paul in when he got screwed over by the Republicans. Oh yeah. When he was, when he should in 2008, he should have been the president, mm -hmm. and they were terrified of him. They were terrified well, of because him he because he had a conscience. Knew, well, and he absolutely knew the Constitution. He absolutely knew how the finances work in this world. And he knew about he the knew secret societies. He knew all of that stuff, and guess what? He was pulling in people from all directions. Mm -hmm. He was pulling in people that claimed to be Democrats. He was, you know, libertarians loved him, uh, but were pissed that he didn't run as a libertarian. He was pulling in Republicans. He was pulling in people who never voted before. Uh, he was pulling in all these people, mm -hmm. and and if you remember, at the Republican convention. They changed the rules at the convention to make sure that he didn't get the nomination. They, they threw out an entire state's delegate and then all of a sudden installed their own delegates who all voted for Romney. <laughs> and, if you, and if you knew anything about business and was up on that stuff, you knew that he was a corporate raider. And he made his living off of screwing over people, you know. Yeah, he well, you know, you look at like a typical globalist. Yeah, process, you know, uh, George Bush Senior. George Bush Senior through Barack Obama was all globalism. It's all. It's been the same administration from George Bush Senior oh, to yeah. Barack Obama. And and I voted for the wrong people before. You know, I've been duped. My emotions have been played. You Everybody know, voted I, for Obama. Being, you know, I, I didn't. I, I I wrote in Ron Paul. I, uh, I wrote in Ron Paul twice. Okay. I hand, as a matter of fact, when, when I was doing the thing and I said, I'm going to write in my president. And they, you know, they're like, huh, what? What? And I'm like, yeah. Because I, the thing about that president, which I, I don't like speaking people's names that uh, I think are not nice people. Yeah. Because I think speaking their names empowers that name. Yeah. You know, I, I see uh, call that. me whatever. I, I won't speak their names. Um, but the 44, um, I didn't vote for that person because uh, I researched it. And where did this person come from? They, they all of a sudden they're bam, 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 bam. They were fast tracked. Anybody that's fast track like that, I'm leery of. I don't care if they're saying everything exactly the way I like it. Mm -hmm. If they're going through this, especially coming from Chicago, oh, you yeah. know, right? Um, Chicago is is like the the epitome of the swamp oh, yeah. sludge. That's like the sludgy part at the bottom. Just of the look swamp. at the. The mayor, Lori Lightfoot, Beetlejuice. Oh, my God. Well, even before that, I mean, yeah. just Chicago's history yes. and is just decrepit of, yeah. of 
you know, debauchery and corruption and, you know, crooked politics. And and so, you know, when all of a sudden you're coming from that place and then all of a sudden, you know, boom, you're this. And then and then and then when you study what that person did while they were in Congress, you know, the person abstained and wasn't there more than they actually voted. You know that? Uh, what do you mean? Yeah. That that when they're taking a vote on something, that person either abstained, which means they didn't vote, okay. they they chose not to vote, which is their duty to vote, okay. or they were not present to vote. Okay. More than they voted. Now, somebody please look that up and prove me wrong. But um, I I think uh, that you should be there a hundred percent of the time, unless you know you have a death in the family. You're getting yeah. paid to be there. And to voice your voice for mm -hmm. your constituents, and then and then when you hear somebody in Congress on record, and, and remember the congressional records is a great place to study and find out what's going on with this country, which I'm going to get into some of that when we start talking about the financial stuff. The congressional records is some of the juicy information that you can find in our yeah. history. Uh, because there are some bold people that stand up and on record say things yeah. that shouldn't be said. Uh, you know what I mean? Yeah. And so when, when this person is on record, says something, and then on the campaign trail is saying the exact opposite yes. of uh, what they said while they were in Congress. Okay. Now, you can – I don't care if you hate – president trump right now i don't care you know it, I, again individuals i am an i i support individuals yes. and and i support you no matter how wacky as your thoughts are whatever as long and, and my thing is this like again i i get back to you know aristotle i you know lo, you gotta love that guy right so he he always his thing was that the beginning of logic and philosophy that, that for two human beings to have meaningful conversation, it has to be based in logic. Otherwise, it's just banter, meaningless banter. Yeah. And that's, that's easy to understand because if one person is just, you know, just saying whatever they think or feel and they have no, no objective facts, they have no logical premise, mm -hmm. you know, my premise is crazy. Like, you know, this straw is my God because, you know, it's in the cup and the cup came from God. It just, yeah. just was created here. I'm like, wow, that's okay. Uh, you know, I'm not going to discount your faith and your belief because you worship in a straw and a cup that you believe just appeared. I'm like, but where did the cup come from? It, where, did you hold the cup? Did you get it from, uh, you know, a store or, you know? Yeah. And you start talking, and then all of a sudden, when you're trying to get some objective facts, they're all of a sudden they're yelling at you that you know uh, I'm a and you know, anytime you back somebody in a corner logically, that seems to be uh, today's Democratic Party. They're gonna they're gonna uh, yell at you and call you names. That's and again, seems, so I go back to does does that yeah. not seem like today's Democratic Party? Well, it, it, it it's been or the or it, the Rhino it's, it's Republicans. More, it's came to more fluition today. I yeah. think it's more prevalent. But trust me, 
when I say, because I, you've known me, bro. How many times have you heard uh, us have intense arguments? Not not arguing like people that yeah, hate one you another. and me, yeah. But that's why I, I like about, you. That's why we've stayed yeah. friends for so long. And and you know, I love somebody to challenge me. I don't. I'm not scared of somebody just saying I'm a dumb. Just you know what? You're a dumbass. And this is why. And I'm like, wow, okay. Perfect. Let's educated. get the definition of it. Let's you see know, why. Let's, let's prove me wrong because I don't like to be wrong. Exactly. I want, and if I've got some stupid premise or or I've got some misinformation, I want you to prove. To, now, you can't just say it and you can't throw some bullshit out at me and me go, oh, okay, because I'm not a weak man. Yeah. I wasn't yeah. raised that way. And my yeah. father didn't teach me. To bow down to an argument just because just because you're louder than me. Exactly. Trust me, my old man was loud. He ended up being a guard in Leavenworth. <laughs> so you know what I mean. And then he ended up being a, a psychologist and uh, a prison psychologist. So interesting man. Trust me. And the dude and and so the conversations we had and the arguments and we would have arguments people thought that we just hated one another my brother and and my dad and all of us would be sitting there getting down brother and then my my mother's mother uh who i call oma so my opa and oma german you should have heard her she was a strong german woman and you know she was sitting there arguing i remember this listening you know as a kid you you said that the feet, and this is something I think kids miss today because of all the technology, the the conversations between people without any technology turned on, mm-hmm. and you listen to adults and the elders speak, and you just sit at their feet, and you listen to them talk to one another and the conversations they had, and you glean the information and, and the knowledge and, and their arguments. And so my Oma was arguing the fact of, I remember, why Hitler became popular in Germany. And my father was going off about, you know, from his perception of being an American, mm-hmm. you know, how could you let this, you had to see this happen. And then she would say her thing, says, look, you know. And now, now from my perspective, looking at it and understanding how the collapse of the German society was from my, the way it looks like to me, that was brought about on purpose. Because, you know, Germany was, was all of a sudden becoming pretty pros- prosperous, and Hitler's bullshit wasn't flying no more. People were like, yeah, okay, the nationalism and all that shit. Is when people are prosperous and they're happy and my, my, my currency is – is, is strong and I'm and all of a sudden businesses are, are happening and people are different countries are investing in us and and we're rocking all of a sudden you know that fascist bullshit doesn't sound so good mm-hmm. fascist mm-hmm. bullshit only sounds good when your country's destroyed what's happening today yes which I would you, like you to me? get into so so that yeah maybe that's a good segue because so because that's and again, and I'll say it over and over and over, history is a great teacher. And if you don't know history, what? You're doomed to repeat it. There, that, and somebody else, it. somebody else said uh, history doesn't repeat itself, but it rhymes. And that's so true. 
right? Right. Like, you know, like we. And so, yeah, so, you know, it, it, and, and I know you've, you, you talk a lot about, you know, the societies and all these things. And, you know, and actually, you know, our brother Ryan, uh, really, I, I credit him for the deep dive that, yes. that I really, the deep, deep, deep dive, because I was talking some bullshit and Ryan kicked me square in the ass one time. Not literally, you know, mentally. Um, he, he called my bullshit. And and he said, dude, do, do the fucking research. You don't know what the fuck you're talking about. And I'm like, what do you mean? And man, and him and I got down, got down in that house, in that apartment. And, you know, that apartment became a great place. Yes. The, the, the stars aligned. And, uh, you know, for people of like minds like you. A there, lot of great you're, people. You're, Benny, Ryan, Ryan Benny, me, Mark, and, and then my... Mark, and then my buddy, I don't know if you remember uh, Michael, the, the cat that used to sell incense and oils in the streets and stuff. Brilliant guy. This dude was brilliant. He had a photographic memory. He had perfect pitch. The dude was, he was so, one of them cats that were so damn smart that he couldn't be around. He couldn't do menial jobs because everybody was so damn stupid around him. Yeah. He couldn't deal yeah. with stupid people. And that dude, he was one of them cats. Another one, we'd be arguing and he's the one who really refined that when you're speaking. So I would say something, and I'm like, well, I didn't mean that. And he would – we were in Denny's. You know, we'd hang out there after gigs, you know, 4 in the morning. And yeah. they would set up yeah. way in – you know, we'd walk all the way to the back, the area that was closed down, which is where we'd hang out. And he would literally yell at me, then fucking say what you mean. Don't – what's this bullshit? You're smarter than that. Yeah. Don't do if you mean to say what you're fucking saying and think about it before you say it. And I was like, oh damn. So all of those elements came together in that place. And and it was, man, I I did the deep, 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 deep dive. You know, and, the, the sad was, thing with Ryan was is is like with me, with you, with Benny, with a lot of other friends, um, you know, Ryan took a really dark twist and and he's been on that path now for over twelve years. Heroin, know, he, pills, you know. Dude, uh, I was I was uh, looking at pictures when we had our our shop, you know, our weed shop there, shaman caregivers, and I I was looking at the pictures of him, man, and that was such a good time. He right then. he opened doorways for so many of us, and dude, dude, you're right. Looking you're right. back. He's a, he's, it's so sad to see where he decided to, t to take it, you know, and, and, I, and, uh, he, I wish he knew how much he was on my mind. I think, uh, you know, he's a brother yeah. that, that I can never know. Benny talks not, about him still, you know, uh, yeah. you know, and a lot of the, the female friends that we, we had, they still talk rain, about him. Bro. Rain. rain, you know, uh, we're, Janae, rain and I were still buddies. Uh, Rain, I don't, I don't know where Rain is. Uh, I see well, she up, hits me up on Facebook up in, every once in a while. She's up north somewhere, um, where she ended up living, I believe. I wound up becoming really close friends with, with with her friend Micah, and then I wound up in Hawaii with Micah. I don't know if you ever met. Oh Micah. wow, cool. He was a musician. But but so, I I tell you, um, I, the research one. This was also a great time to start. You know, look again. I I grew up with that out a computer i bought one of the first computers that came out the tandy 64 you know from radio shack 
Mm-hmm. You know, I was I, I used to work at Merrill Lynch, actually, my first uh, corporate job, um, you know, when the first PC hit the office. PC, man. What is PC? Personal computer. Wow. Yeah. You know, and that was so. And now, now when at that time with Ryan, the search engines started, that's when the Boolean search happened. And, and if you're not hit to Boolean search uh, processes, they've been really, Google's really fucked that up. Um, it used to be a lot more powerful than it, than it, than it is now. I use DuckDuckGo a lot. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Um, but but so, you know, again, number 44 ended the, the true transparency of the federal government. So just the opposite of the bullshit that came out of its mouth. Well, yeah, didn't, he, so, didn't before, he like legalize propaganda within the, the mainstream I don't, media? Yeah, just, yeah, actually, well, the NDA, all that stuff. So, so but listen, this, this was the time when you could go to the National Archives and you could, if you were a little bit smart, you didn't have to be a brilliant guy, but you could have a little bit smarts and you studied how to put Boolean search strings together. You could go through the National Archives and find documents based on sources. Now, we're talking like, when was that? Like around 2000, 2002, somewhere around in that time. Uh, and... And I remember, because I was already hit when when I did the deep dive for a couple of years. And I got to tell you something else: if you're going to do a deep dive, you better be prayed up. And we should tell people like what a a deep dive is like when you really jump down a rabbit hole. Well, I'm some type of conspiracy or 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 anything, something that you don't know about that you want to find out about. That's a yeah. A deep dive. A deep dive is. Seeking objective facts on anything, you you peel your skin off and expose yourself, your soul to the truth of the world. Yeah, a you deep know, dive it, can it, shift it, your it's reality. Taking, it's taking yourself out of the matrix and and really and it's dude, it's fucking scary, man. And it and it and I tell you, man, uh, I, I tell people this all the time. Um, when you say, go do your homework, right? Michael used to say that to me all the time. That, mm-hmm. I, I picked that up from him. He's the first person I ever heard to say that. And now you hear it all the time. Michael said, go do your homework. Mm-hmm. You know, he'd tell people in the street, dude, that dude, could, he could just annihilate people mm-hmm. in conversations and arguments. And he'd just look at them flippantly and go do your homework and just stop talking to them. Yeah. He wouldn't waste yeah. a breath because it was, it was pointless. And so doing your homework, when if you really, 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 really want to do it, you have to shed your ego. You have to shed your illusions of who you are and what this world is, what's going on, and you have to open yourself up to some painful truths that you, you might not agree with or like. Exactly. And it might be totally counter to your belief system. But if you only a true man, a, a woman, a, a true strong spiritual person, I say theologian, this is, dude, this this journey is it, you can't be weak. No, and because uh, you're gonna come across stuff that you're gonna go, what? 
I didn't understand. The, look, I'd already looked, I already heard firsthand World War II's horror stories. Yeah. I understood what happened. But what I came across and what I studied, and, and okay, so you're taking a dive, you go, you pull on a string, and, you know, and, and coming from a financial background, you know, working at Merrill Lynch, I got a, I, I got a good education about finances working there. And, and then also my, my pops was big into uh, financial stuff too. So we had a cool conversation regarding that world bank, IMF, all of these things. Yeah. Uh, and then I dove off, you know, started studying the federal reserve and I want to get into that a little bit. Absolutely. But, but so, so you start pulling on a string and, and, you know, You've heard it, and it's true. Follow the money, right? Follow the money, because, and and this is and I, this is one of the things I discovered, and I and I hadn't heard anybody tell me this before. But anybody that does the deep dive is going to find it on their own, and I'm, you can say it however you want to say it. But what I discovered was the path of wretchedness is this: the first thing is people is greed. Yes. Greed. So that's the first path. The first step down the path of wretchedness is greed. Greed. And 100%. So, so greed in my life, I and I say this all, greed kills everything. I mean, all good things are destroyed by greed. And 100%. One of the, the motto of my company is don't be greedy. So if I have to make a decision on a contract with somebody and I'm like, you know, uh, whatever i'm i'm going to do a bid on something on on a gig and i'm going to say i'm not going to be greedy and i want it to be i'll no i'm going to make my money you know what i mean you know what's funny is is this guy mark passio he said um he said every crime is based off stealing and thievery rape murder uh, you know theft uh you know, all of it, it's all based off stealing. Like, you, you know, you, you well, steal somebody's life, you, you, you know, you steal study somebody's... ancient history. Yeah, if you ever study, uh, you know, Xenophon, uh, have you ever read that book? It's one of the oldest uh, books. Um, and it's about Cyrus the Great, probably Cyrus the Great, an Iranian, you know, a Persian king. And in, in my eyes is probably one of the greatest, most badass best kings in world history other than maybe david or i think he probably david had more flaws probably than this cat did and and the way he ruled his society uh was amazing the mm-hmm. dude was awesome and actually he's in the bible he's the one who released the jews from babylon cyrus the great cyrus right and mm-hmm. i didn't I didn't put that connection together when i read xenophon the, the book which is one of his generals which was also a historian, and and we're, and we're talking about the, how everything's based off of greed. Well, he looked at it that everything was based off a lie, that the worst crime you could commit in his, in his kingdom was to lie. Now, think about that, bro. I mean, 100%. The worst crime, the worst crime, you can, and you know what? Guess how I guess how I was raised, bro. What was the worst thing I could ever do in my household? Lie. Was a hell of a lie. Mm-hmm. And you know what my pop said? He said, "You know, son, 
He goes, every one of those dudes up there in that prison, that's one thing they have in common. They're all liars. Yeah. And they're all and, and most of them are really good ones. And he goes, when you when you embrace lying about anything, you're taking that's the first step down the path, right? The lie is the first step. Yeah, it really is. Path. And so, you know, the the thing about and you know, dude, dude, like like a lot of kids, we end up telling tall tales about bullshit and you talk about, you know, and I remember one night I was hanging out with a good friend of mine uh, who's now a badass musician in, in Memphis. And um, we were sitting there talking and, and I, I had just, I don't know, I did come up with some bullshit lies that I had told as a, who I, you know, fabricated part of my life. Does it make me sound cool? I don't know. I, whatever is yeah. bullshit. I was bullshit, straight up bullshit. And, and one night, I don't know what happened, man. Him and I were talking and I said, you know what, bro? I said, I'm lying. I don't know what the spirit came over me. I said, I'm lying. And he's like, what? I said, that bullshit I just told you is a lie. And I said, I've lied about, I'm going to, I'm going to come clean, man. I'm going to tell you all the bullshit. And what had happened was I, it hit me that if I have to lie about who I am and make up some bullshit story about something I've done that I didn't, what does that say about who I think I am? Yeah, that you're not right? good enough. And I, and I realized that, thank God, that, that I realized that as a really young man. That was like the summer of 81, right out of high school and between high school and college, my first year in college. And I realized that, and I'm like, oh my goodness, if I, if I have to make some bullshit up, then I don't, I, I, I'm, I don't like myself. So fuck that. And so I stopped, and and I haven't done that since. And when I say I've done something, it's real. I don't give a fuck if you believe me or not. I've yeah. had a pretty, dude. I've had a fucking cool life. Yeah. And I've met a lot of cool people, and I've done a lot of fucking things, and I've done everything I've wanted to do in my life that I've put my mind out to do. And so when you step this step of lying, that's the first step. And I thank goodness I was able to conquer that piece well, of shit. Well, the, you know, truth, then you do, the truth is eternal, right? The truth is eternal. Yeah, oh, man. Yeah. It's eternal. And truth cuts, man. Truth, truth burns. The truth will set you free. That, that's what, like, the difference in the Matrix, that the blue pill is a lie and the red pill is the truth. Do you want the truth yeah, man. or do you want to live Absolutely. in a fucking fantasy and that's what, world? Right, and that's what we were talking about, the, the deep dive. You have to be ready for the truth no matter how much it fucks with your mind and your little precious illusion ego. Yeah. You, well, you just get ego and pride and bullshit, you know, who you think you are and puffed up bullshit. No, no, we're no. That's and well, so you know the, what? Pride and ego seem to be the two uh, catalysts to keep people from red pilling and doing a deep dive. You know what I mean? From 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 agreed. actually, you know, agreed. it's pride okay, well, and ego. Here, here's here's a, a good example of that. A really another really good friend of mine. We've been friends since those days, since '81, and his mom. Uh, awesome lady man smart really smart lady i had a crush on her she was cute you know 
you know what I mean? Uh-huh. My friends and all. Scheming and, on and your so, buddy's mom, huh? You know, you know, that's some of my own. It's okay. Things. When I was a kid, oh, I had yeah. crushes on my friend's moms too. Right. And, and a lot of my friends had crushes on my mom. Uh, yeah. They told me. We all had good looking moms. Keep, keep it to yourself. You yeah. know, I don't want to hear that yeah. bullshit. But, um, so, and we were friends and, and I, she was really hip and cool and always talked to her and she, uh, died in the wool, uh, Democrat. She voted Democrat, Democrat, Democrat. She didn't, she voted the lesser two evils. She thought that that was the way to do it. And she is a smart lady. Back she, then it know, kind of was, was the lesser of two evils. She was, an, she was an accountant, you know, so she knew numbers. And so then I ended up working at Merrill Lynch. And then I kind of started understanding numbers and started checking out the finance and looking at how things work in the world and started checking, calling bullshit on some of the stuff being peddled as, you know, the betterment of society and how shit was being laid out and you know and i'm like that data that that's bullshit i'm calling bullshit and here's my facts and i'm like damn you're you're an accountant you know that you can't keep robbing uh, the bank Uh, you can't keep spending more than you have Mm -hmm. and we get to a certain point that it's infinite Uh, and you know uh, again here's a little financial stuff so the you know if you keep studying you, if you look the the World Bank and IMF, you know they they did a I can't remember which of the World Bank or the IMF. I I think it was the IMF did this study. They did a study on on uh, uh, United States debt, and and they looked at our debt and you know and they look at a thing called the uh, the uh, infinite horizon, mm-hmm. and and so when you look at the amount of debt we have, and that's uh, that's financial obligations, debts. That's like Social Security and Medicare and unemployment and all these things that yeah. we're putting on ourselves. This amount of debt, and plus all the natural, you know, intrinsic natural debt that we have uh, from overspending. And then you get to a point where that's unsustainable, and you cannot pay it back. Yeah, I mean, you get to a point where where you know if the country stopped a hundred percent of the debt and from this minute forward we're only going to work in the green you know not in the red and we paid like you know freaking 10 trillion dollars a year or whatever trying to pay this shit back we ain't ever going to pay it back because our debt is screwed i mean that'd be the only way if we continue with the with these types of obligations that we have that the debt keeps getting further and further out of reach kind of like how the expansion of the universe is happening and there's going to be a point like there's there's stars out there that we will never ever see because even if we took off right now chasing them that they're speeding away faster than we could ever catch up to see it Mm-hmm. that's what I'm talking about, that infinite horizon of debt. And and I've realized that we've been at that point for a long time. So that was one of the scary things that made me go, what the fuck's going on? How, how can we run a government? And why would anybody, anybody in their right mind think that that's okay? That, that's, that is, we're freaking riding the rails on a crazy train. You know, we're riding off the rails. We're, 
we're heading for the cliff and we're all we're doing is throwing more coal into the furnace and getting faster and faster to our destruction. And I'm like, and you know, one of the things, Jeremy, I noticed, nobody talked. The one thing that's going to fuck us in the end was the, our, how screwed up our finances are in this country. Yeah. Nobody yeah. would talk about our debt. They would kind of placate it, you know, like, blah, blah, you know, as they say, a little some bullshit, but nothing was ever done. Nothing was ever done. And so what? So one of the things you start studying when I started doing the deep dive, right? The greed. So we talk about lie and the greed. And mm -hmm. what's the next thing? What's the next thing? Once you have, once you have, you're gaining all that money, what do you want to do with all that money? What do you want Debauchery. to do? Debauchery. You, you want power. Oh, yeah, you power. power. Yeah, definitely. So you've got yeah. money and then power. Power's the next thing. So I want to, I want power to, to create my own destiny and and it's why people that make a lot you know and the bible says you know a rich guy going to heaven's like passing through an eye a camel going through the eye yeah. of a needle because when you have all that money and you start having that power hungry thing you want to keep that power and you keep the power because we're in a we're in a system that's controlled by money you know, and money in itself, there's nothing wrong with money. No. When, and, and so that, you know, again, and that led me to the study of money. What is money? So I took a deep dive on money. I went back and studied where money, the very first, dude, I went and studied where money came from. The very first money, the very first paper currency, the very first uh, inflation that ever happened, the very, you know, and you go through this stuff. And, you know, when you go back to the beginning of money, what was what was money for currency? It was the only reason money exists or should exist is to help facilitate the trade of goods and services. Yeah. So, yeah, so the, the purpose of money was what, like what we were saying. The and trade so, of goods and services. Yeah, the exchange of goods and services. And, and if you look at, you know, actually – uh, you know, inflation is a man-made thing. It doesn't exist in the real world in, in a non-human intervention. It, it, it has to be created. Um, and actually, the first time that actually happened, uh, you know, in the Mongols, the Mongols were a great society. I mean, they're, of course, they're demonized. But if you look at, you know, they were great uh, management people. And they did some crazy cool stuff, man, the way they they – that they managed their empire. You know, the Mongols had the largest empire <laughs> known to man. And, and when they, you know, they were trading, you know, you had the Silk Route, you know, going on, and you had people coming from all over the world to trade with them and all of their different currencies and all that stuff. And so they, they thought, hmm, uh, we, we need to make it – more convenient and actually they came up with a credit card did you know that mm -mm. they came up with a form of a credit card they had this and marco polo had one he was one of the people gifted with a with a credit card uh, funny what studying stuff does right how, how study, did they I'm come up with a credit money. card back then well i'll tell you i'm going to tell you so you it, it, you study <laughs> studying money and 
you come across the Mongols and like, wow, the Mongols, look at them. And, and they came up with a paper currency um, because it made it easier to exchange. So if you're going to trade in with the Mongols, you had to take your currency. And, you know, the currency exchange goes back a long ways. And you know, that's why Jesus flipped over the, the tables in the, in the temple because yeah. the, the temple yeah. people were ripping you off with some bogus exchange rate, you know, that they were coming out of their ass. So they could fuck over the you know the poor people coming in there, you know, and so so the Mongols were doing that, and and so one of the things to help somebody like you know to make it easier to to get around and stuff and not have to carry all that money and all that stuff, they would take like a piece of wood, and they would carve it a certain way and then overlay it with gold, and that plaque represented X amount of you know currency mm -hmm. <laughs> and so mm -hmm. and so he could go along and go into an inn and show his little gold-plated thing and go oh you, there you go and they, it's like a hundred bucks of your your gold-plated thing or whatever i don't know how they kept up but you know what i mean it was kind of yeah. like they issued this as your as you run around your little platinum card yeah. you know i guess no limit until you, you know did something wrong and then they take it back but um but i called it a it's not really a credit card, but I, I thought it was cool, right? Yeah, but, but it, so was, those it, it represented a specific amount. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of. It was current. It was it was a form of of credit currency, right? And so, but the Mongols, you know, when when they had their their people up in in their home territory, who weren't really producing anything, but that's where the fat cats were hanging, and and they they used to be they were a great society. But again, what happened? The greed, greed. the greed kicked in, right? Always greed kicked greed. in, and so they they started getting used to getting all of this these things from all over the world. Man, they were very prosperous and very prosperous, and they wanted more and wanted more and wanted more and wanted more. And once they had paper currency, they were going, "Well, heck, man, we could just print more, right? We just it's ours." And, you know, it wasn't backed by anything. It was just the, they printed it, right? So they just started printing more and more and more and more and more and more and more in currency. And what happens every time you print it, it devalues the other ones that yep. are in circulation. Yep. Now, now, just put a little pin in what I just said. Copy what I'm saying? You put Absolutely, a pin in that. Absolutely, we're going to fast said. forward on this. So we're we're going we're gonna to skip over to some stuff in a minute about the IMF and, and all of that. So that when they printed up pretty soon, they had so much currency in circulation, boom, inflation hit and their currency was valued. They'd just be valued to nothing. And they screwed themselves. So it, so from what I understand, it was the first instance of man-made inflation based on overprinting of currency. And didn't they do something like that in Rome too, where they had like you know coins based off precious metals? Well, and they started like yeah, chipping out it, pieces of like silver and gold and remelting it down. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's know. that's some that's some like fraud stuff. Mm -hmm. uh, there and actually, yeah, you, there there's some archaeological uh, evidence that uh, studying the fall of the Roman Empire, you know, an empire that lasted for you know nine hundred something years, and you know how did that how did an empire like that crumble? 
you know, it was it was a couple of things. One was the 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 destruction of the family unit, and the other thing, yeah, there was some manipulation of the currency, and they know that because as they dig through the different layers of history on these digs, they can see how much currency was was in circulation by how much was showing up in those different layers. And so it goes back again to what? The money, the people controlling the currency dig. So oh, yeah. in Jesus' time, the people Scribes in and the temple, it, it's the money changers. Mm-hmm. In Roman time, it was the money changers. In the Mongols, it was the money changers. And today? They're, they're central bank. And today, it's called the Federal Reserve. The money changers. Right? And, and the Federal Reserve being basically the key central bank to the central bank system in the world because we're the ones that issue the petrodollar. So, so as you're making this study, you got greed and then you got power. And then that, the last thing on that list is what? It's control. You're not, you're not, now that you have all the money you can have and you have all this power, that you're not satisfied with that. Now you want to control. You want to control as much of this planet as you can control. And, and that level, that, that, my friend, that's the level that causes stuff like war wars where millions of people die. Yeah. That, that's where you have stuff that we're getting into right now. Absolutely. The, the, the greed and the power, all the little minions, the, the demon craps and the rhinos, all these little evil fucks, they're caught up in the, in the greed and the, you know, the money and the power part. Well, they all you think know, that they're going to have a, anything. They, they all think they'll that they're going to have a special, they all think that they're going to have a special place at the table when shit goes down but unfortunately well, dude i i literally had a vision one time like you know when you're i you know i meditate a lot i just sit in quiet and just me let too my mind rest and you know jesus he, dude he meditated all the time yeah right? he always meditated he always and and it's amazing when you quiet yourself down and i think that's that's something that a little side note i think that's something that the the these globalist elites, they didn't think about when they shut everything down. They, they forgot that quiet time, that quietness when people stopped their busy little lives and they got quiet, that a lot of truth would rush in. And, and people would, the, the, the good people, the kids that, that wanted to take care of the little dog, you know, and not kick it, whatever, and they, and they kept that in their life maybe they got sidetracked or something because of their own greed and their own sins and you know the nature of people but well, all of a sudden that came back to them check this and, out when quarantine happened when they locked us down it was amazing because a lot of people who used to say i was crazy or you know whatever you know people that 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 wrote oh, me dude, off. Dude. They dude, came dude. out of the woodworks and started asking me questions. Man. And now they're like the biggest conspiracy theorists. It's crazy because dude, on, of the man. quiet. And, and that, and they, you got to slow them down a little bit. People, you got to like, hang on a second. You're trying to, you're trying to run a marathon, and you just started walking down this path. You know, mm-hmm. slow down. Um, stop, stop trying to. You know, 
don't jump to the end yet. You've got all this other information you got to, you know, ingest. Um, but, but so, like I said, so we're talking about this deep dive and, and when, when you're doing the deep dive and you pull on one thread. So I, I would tell people just find one thing and start pulling on that thread. And, and when you come across something, uh, you know, document it, uh, dude, I've got, I've got drives and drives and drives and thumb drives of, of folders I call truth in the world. Yeah. And I put all my documentation in these and I, and I do multiple backups cause I, I got an interesting story about that too, about how I lost a lot of stuff oh, uh, yeah. during this time uh, before I understood how to secure my shit um, better. Um, but, but you find things and you, and you, you make a note of it and then you keep going and then you, you keep going and you keep going and you keep going. And I'm telling you, the further you go, the darker it gets. And and then all of a sudden, let's say you take a side path. You're like, oh, look at that. And then it happens, you know, you, you'll you start. And next thing you know, you look up and you've got 50 tabs, you know, open on your on your browser. Yeah. 50 tabs, you know. And then so you go and you save all of those. You save all of those in your bookmarks. You don't just save one. You save them all as, all, save, you know, bookmark all tabs into a folder, right? And then you go back and you start going and you start. So what's going to happen? And you know this is true, man. You, you, you pull on one string and you start. Dude, it's literally a spider web. Yes. Because you go down one path and you cross and you see a name. Yeah, you cross reference the same names thing. keep appearing. And then all of a sudden and then all of a sudden you go down another path and all of a sudden you find this name is now it's something totally unrelated. You're like, yeah. Holy shit. This is connected to that over there. And then you go over here and then there's another one. You go over here, there's another one. You go over here, and all of a sudden you're looking at this spider web. And it's the same families and, for centuries and dude, too. Dude, and this is this is where I had to stop. After a couple of years, it was it's like poison to your soul. And when I got to the to the middle of that spider web, I, I'm not kidding, dude. I don't care if you believe it or not. I there was Satan in the middle of that spider web. One hundred percent. It was a dark, dark, evil, demonic presence that is dictating the actions of all of this 100 percent. You, you don't recognize this as a battle between good and evil then i don't know what to tell you i mean you can be altruistic person and, and try to be a good person and go down that path god bless you i support you i'm not but the, the reality is there's always been and there always will be this battle between good and evil until it's settled well, I, and, I, and, I, I remember, um, you know, I've, I've been posting stuff about, you know, satanic pedophiles and cults and shit for years on Facebook. And, uh, I wouldn't exactly say I'm what you would call a Christian. I love Christ and, and I, and I, and I love the Bible. Uh, a whole other podcast. <laughs> yeah. But I'll tell you right now, I, I vowed to God and I vowed to Jesus I'm here to to fight against Lucifer and and the Satanists. I'm here. I'm here. Yeah, that's yeah. that's what I'm here for. I'm not taking the mark of the beast. I'm not getting vaccinated. Uh-huh. I will get my head my head cut off before I turn my back on Jesus. But I wouldn't say 
because I do Buddhist meditations and I did years in native ceremonies, I wouldn't say a lot of Christians will criticize my path. But I also know that at the end of the day, these people that we're talking about, that we've done deep dives on, they go back to the land of Canaan. They're the Canaanites well, you and know false, what? false idol worshippers. And, and, you know, I think this is a good point for me to read this thing. I, I, when I used to engage a lot more, uh, with the bait, look, you know, I'm one of those cats, you know, when I was in LA, me and Sharky, uh, God rest him, uh, was, you know, we would go into the, we would go into the hood, bro, you know, and I would, I would go out and, uh, I would drive around to the Holy Spirit, tell me, go talk to that guy right there. Yeah. Just go, you know, and my, my witnessing and stuff, dude. You you know what I look like, bro. Yeah. So I mean, a heavy white dude, you know. Yeah, they probably the thought food. you were out there trying to and score it, crack or something. No, but but you know, remember I had that little uh, that little thing of Jesus on the side of my truck, right? The mm -hmm. little picture, the little image of Jesus that my my girlfriend had gotten me. And you know, I'd jump out and walk up to a dude in the hood, and I'd be like, "Dude, this is like some gangbanger dudes," you know, and. Uh, they told me, they told me some of the stuff that they'd done. And, and, but, you know, I always figured if I get taken out doing this, that's cool. I taken out being a mar martyr, you know, whatever. Yeah. I, 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 was, I do not tell people, I don't, wouldn't suggest people to do this. But it, it was for me at that time. And my buddy Sharky would, would sit in the truck and do intercessory prayer where I jumped out. And I'd walk up to a dude and they would look at me with this, this confused look on their face. I'm walking up doing the flash and the peace sign, and I'm like, "Look, brother, I I know you think I'm freaking crazy, but uh, I God told me to stop and walk up to you and just say one thing." And they're like, "What?" You know, and I'm like, "God loves you, and He's thinking about you right now." I said, "I don't know where you're at or what that means for you." And dude, I'm not kidding you. Every time every time without fail and i could talk for the next hour about instances of this the dude would tell me you must be fucking crazy because there's no way god could love me for what i've done yeah and and my always response was like well yeah i said let me let me maybe you don't know about order. david or solomon well let me i said let Paul me lay this on you. these said, guys i said look man you know if we were measuring the goodness of God, imagine uh, a point. I'd point up to the sky infinitely that way, it, you know, to the end of the universe. That's the goodness of God. Now I'm going to show you the goodness of people, all people on the planet compared to God. And I would take my fingers and squish them together and go, see that space in between those two fingers? That's every human being that's ever walked on the planet. And and there's people around talking about how much more righteous and how much better I am than you. I'm like, bro, that's that's bullshit. I said the only difference between any of us is how much we understand and how much we we can accept the love that's been freely given to us. You know what I'm saying? It's like, and dude, I've had pretty hard ass gangbanger dudes, man, break out crying. You know, so. So with that in mind, I'm a, and I and I'm not trying to push my faith on anybody, but listen, no, no, no. That's, I used to fine. I used to have a lot of I used to have a lot of 
um, discussions and, you know, and, and stuff with people in the street, uh, uh, Islamic cats, you know, love to debate those guys. Um, uh, the lost tribe dudes down on Venice beach, mm-hmm. talk to them cats all the time. Um, you know, whatever. And so this was one of the things I had talked about with somebody online and I call it the law of, uh, reciprocity. Right. So I, I'm just going to read this to you. Right. So if one has a moral code and sticks by it, fine. If not, is it a reason to destroy a sovereign nation along with its innocence? It is obviously clear to those with eyes to see that the global elite desire death and destruction, either domestically within each nation, state or city or globally through attacking other external lands by manipulating those of weak minds to do the destruction and killing willfully, be it for the cause of race, creed, religion, flag. We as human beings must stand firm in unity against mindless hate and vow to love each other where each one is at in their growth as a person. Now, this does not excuse acts of violence of one human being to another, but demands a more complete understanding of how and why the act was motivated by each as not to blindly ensue on genocide with an imposed and fictitious external moral approval of religious leaders, talking media puppets, or those who rule slash govern one's home of domicile. The world is clearly being divided, divided into two groups, those willing to hate, destroy, and kill each other, and those who see the puppet master's strings and boldly cut themselves free from this manipulation. Only the freed soul can see the sad truth of this world and look into the other's eyes with compassion, understanding, respect, and love. Now, the division of the world, these are all on the same side. Now, get this. Groups, this, these people were on the same side, right? Groups who willingly hate, fight, and kill each other. That's race against race, black against white, religion against religion, Christian against Muslim, citizen against law enforcement, government against government. America form of government against any other form of government who opposes this way of thinking. Anyone against anyone who is different in looks, ideology, or whatever, any possible division. All of those are on one side. And these are the opposing side. And we talked about this early on. Individuals. Individuals who have the capacity to think for themselves and elevate their consciousness above the pack mentality. Those who understand that the only future we as humans can have is one of mutual respect through compassion and love, which will result in the only form of true freedom, any possible ways to unite as one voice. It's interesting that individuals are despised equally by all of the other side and look as if the individual is weak, naive, stupid, unpatriotic apathetic without any faith yet the opposite is the reality the clear solution is to look for the head where the final decision is being made that manipulates this world into its bidding usually it is simple as what we said follow the money for greed and power are the great motivators of mindless behavior and those that line up at the trough of death will lead to the ones who destroy and kill for pleasure 
and have more self-imposed wealth and power to be beyond regional governments and laws. These are the ones who create world laws and take down governments that resist their will. That is why the United States of America had been in the crosshairs of the global elite, for in this land was created the first sovereign citizen who alone through a collected voice would control this land. The one voice of a collection of individuals cannot be controlled, but the process of convincing these powerful sovereigns that they have no voice took time. Through re-education and skillful domination of information, the dependence upon the corrupting government is molded into a bronze idol to be worshipped, a mm. god demanding future generations to be enslaved before they are even born. A hand up is a hand in shackles, invisible to the eye of those blinded by apathy and the dependence of a system instead of human beings. Now, I wrote that like, dude years and years ago that was december 6th to december 6th 2015 bro i thought that you were reading something from like the 1800s bro i swear to god i did it's no i wrote that yeah it's it sounded like like a like a ratified like legal document and you wrote that and from whatever you're gonna say next I want you to go into sovereignty. We're going to have to save fraud and finances for another time because I got to eat tonight and we got started a little bit late, <laughs> but I want you okay. to go into our sovereignty because that's really important. All right. So, so you, you look at the, again, if you study history, right. Mm -hmm. And you study, um, okay. Now uh, two, two courses of study is money and law. Right. Yes. So if you look at if you look at the creation of laws before, um, um, I wish I didn't <laughs> too many too many fun times. Sometimes it slows my brain down. Uh, the codification of law uh, before that occurred. Right. You would have uh, villages and whatever, and you know, you'd wander from one place to the next mm -hmm. and you wander into a spot and you pick your nose and then all of a sudden they chop your hand off because you picked your nose with your right hand. And in this village, you can only pick your nose with your left hand. Mm -hmm. And you're like, man, I didn't know that. You know, who, how do I, how am I supposed to know that? And we're like, it doesn't matter. You did it. So you're guilty and we're cutting your hand off. You're talking right? about the law of the land here. They created a no, I'm law. I'm just talking about the, the, the creation of the, in, in throughout the history of human beings. Yeah, pre-law. Right, before pre-law, pre-common law, pre-codification yeah. pre of law, there was the head of the village. Yeah, they just <laughs> the had, yeah, they had whatever, they wanted. The, whatever they wanted. This is what the hell I like and don't like, yeah. and you either do it or I'm going to kill you or you're going to get tortured or whatever the heck goes yeah. on. And, and, you know, and so that happened. And so it was a natural development to codify. And the codification of law, man, happened. You know, the Egyptians codified law. You know, there was the Sumerians had codification of law. Uh -huh. And ancient ancient peoples, you know, and that's a whole yeah. other study. The Romans. How, how, old, how, old, how old this world and how many civilizations have come before us. Yeah. Um, which is an interesting understanding. I assume the Mayans um, and Aztecs had it, too. Yeah, yeah. So, so there was codification of law, 
And so, you know, so the codification of the law allows people to at least, you know, if you have the ability to, if it's codified, that means you have to have a written language. And, but, but the challenge was uh, how many people in your civilization read, you know, usually it was only the priests you the know, that, and, the, and, the, and the, and the scribes and, you know, those people. So the codification was more of a, an agreement between, oh, you know, two things to, to me, it was one way to control the masses and, you know, they don't, they just, you know, they find out by doing, they're like, oh shit, you can't do that. So they, they, they orally transmit it. You know, you can't, you know, so you're wandering into their spot and you're like, you, you see a guy picking his nose, his wrong hand. Dude, don't do that. <laughs> don't, don't do that. Dude, that still happens, you know, in some towns, you know, dude, we don't, we don't spin on the sidewalk here, buddy. You're going to get your ass kicked, you know? Well, yeah, you Whatever. can't, you're actually not supposed to sit on top of a picnic table in a park in Hawaii, they, they look at that as disrespect. You don't put your butt. Well, there you go. There, there you go. Eat, so, right. So, and, and that's so, like a common unwritten law right. and in I, Hawaii. But I, so you have that aspect, but there was also this. So as you were saying, the, the, the what, the, the greed, the power, the control, the people in power. Well, they weren't the only people in power, you know, the control, you know, there was these dudes over there. There was these over there. So, you know, they could keep having wars and killing each other and destroying them. Eventually, they're like, yeah, let's come up with a way that we can not kill each other and we can all, you know, get, you know, exist. And so you see that happening in different civilizations around the world. And so, you know, I'm European, so we'll talk about the, you know, that's our main heritage and descendants with the European codification and how the medieval times and how the monarchy you know and that comes out of the roman and the the holy co- the, the the holy roman empire yes and how which the is monarchy, really an unholy roman empire and so the uh, the monarchies right a, a monarchy is an overarching thing right um and so so you have this 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 codification of agreements of between the monarchs of what they feel is a legal way to interact with one another. Mm-hmm. And this whole system creates, so there's this whole complicated system of, you know, that develops for them and not for, you know, for, for me, but not for thou. Yeah. Right. And, and we're seeing that today. Yes. You know? We're starting to yes. see that. So, so where I'm making laws for, for that control you, but not me. Uh, oh yeah, Gavin Newsom in California and, and making do, all these rules and, we and breaking do have laws amongst each other that you know that we don't know. We don't know their laws that they have amongst each other. How they don't, you know, look look at the dude for uh, what's that smart Symantec or whatever that software developer that the Dominion machines are based off of. George Soros, you know, invested oh, yeah, 100 yeah, million yeah. in the dude thing, and now he's the head of his uh, his organization. You know. And so, well, somebody got promoted. Somebody's making a lot of money. Somebody did what they're supposed to. You know, the General Soros, he's a, he, he ain't the top dog. No, he's God, no. Face. He's just a me? face. He's like, he's like a general, you know. Yeah. And, yeah. and so, so look, so that happened. And so now you have the monarchs, the elite, uh, a, a, 
a clarification, a codification of what it is to be a monarch, what it is. And there's a line drawn, right? And I don't care how badass you are. You ain't coming through that line unless your blood says so, right? <laughs> your blood has to, your blood is telling you that you're a monarch or not a yes. monarch. And so that was the way of the world through civilizations for a long time, man. That yeah, was the way of the world. Till now, thousands right? of years till and, now. And so, so all of a sudden, you know, you got these cats that come over here and, you know, and they're running, they're running loose and loosey goosey, you know, they're just doing shit. And, you know, the king's way the hell over there. And we're doing the shit like we want to do. You know, there are already ancestors and, yeah. and I, that, yeah. and I, I got to tell you, um, I've got my, my ancestors on my dad's side, uh, by the name of Aaron, I'm not going to say his last name, but his, his name was Aaron and mm -hmm. he, he, the, the earliest documentation we have was here in 1768. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 1768 his son Aaron II fought in the revolutionary army under uh, in the uh, what was it the uh, the Pennsylvania regiment called the Washington Com Company mm -hmm. so I, I haven't I haven't researched it enough to see whether or not he actually fought under Washington's group or not but he fought for the freedoms of this country. Mm -hmm. And so mm -hmm. these guys, you know, now some of these cats, our founding fathers were monarchs. They were, they were in the monarchy. They were aristocrats. Yes. But they also saw how the system was, was uh, debilitating the common people. How it never gave them any chance at all. And how that the monarchy, you know, um, that the king could on a whim say something and edict. And that was instantly the law. And so, well, you know, and I I'm, think, I'm I think too, Mark, I think too, a lot of people like you can just apply this to common folks or business owners or, or, or landlords or whatever. I think a lot of people that are smart and innovative people in positions of power, just kind of in a common area, see that if you run shit like garbage and you treat people like garbage, like you're only going to get a small portion of what you could get if you did it properly and and you maintained some type of sense of of liberty and and, and you know right right you it, know what i mean you want a well-oiled machine you don't right. want to run and, your machine into the fucking ground and and right? you know hey man uh when the ship when the tide rises all the ships float up in 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 a system that's working yeah and 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 uh, you know, happy workers are productive workers. Yes. And and yes. people people that are are able to go. You know what? In my in my house, and the way I want it in my area, we all like to pick our nose with our left hand or our right hand. We don't give a shit. You can pick your nose however you want to pick your nose. That's what we're gonna say. Yeah. You know yeah. what? Because because we're the and so. The, the the look, man. You can pick your butt, you know, then pick Spain, your nose. Yeah, Spain and and England and France and Germany and all of these countries—they wanted the resources of this country. Yes, 
they saw the endless bountiful resources yes. of this land. Well, Spain they were took Mexico down. Spain took Mexico down. Uh, 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 England yes. took America, and France took Canada. Right, and so and so um, and so when all of a sudden you had some of these uppity, you know, colonists going, uh, we don't like your what you're doing over there because you know you're kind of screwing us. And look, man, I'm telling you, I, I've got a document where one of my relatives got land from Lord Fairfax. And and he was selling land that then the king said he was doing it selling the land illegally, and it became a legal dispute, and they were trying to take land away after they had signed. And I've got the sign, I've got the deed, bro. I'm looking at the deed that my ancestor agreed to, and how much he paid for the land to Lord Fairfax. Now, where did Lord Fairfax get the land? Well, the king said this much. This land is yours. But, you know, it's yours. There you go. Because, you know, that's the way they did shit. They, hey, you go over here, you run this shit, I'm going to give you this land, and you can do with it what you want. Yeah. Well, supposedly, I guess he wasn't supposed to sell it. He wasn't allowed to sell it, but he was selling it. So the colonists were buying land, working their ass off, developing the land, and doing this stuff. And all of a sudden, they were like, oh, no, it's not yours. <laughs> yeah, the king said, I, I, you can't, but you can't own it. So there was a lot of that crap going on. And yeah. so, you know, and, and that wasn't, and, and plus, you know, your founding fathers, you know, there was a, you know, these guys had money. Which I kind of think is, is what's going on today with, with the, the destruction of small businesses. You know what I mean? There's, there's, they're, oh, they're there's trying a, to yeah, chase people off the land. We're going we're gonna to put those dots together. Yeah. But, but, but so the idea though, the idea of having a centralized power control individuals was disgusting to these men you know you can read what they wrote about it they they were and what we keep getting back to it what was the last thing i said on that thing i wrote you know what <laughs> the the whole thing about individuals you know it individual is a powerful thing yes individuals individuals individualism is a powerful powerful thing and so they understood that, and when they said, well, the only way that we're, they're going to abide by the law of this system that was created in you know, the United States or the, the world, okay, fine, fine. We're going to play by your stupid rules. We're going to say in our – legally, we're going to say, and if you read the – okay, the doc, the, the, the Declaration of Independence, you know, if you haven't read it, people – have to read it and when you read it line by line and you study it you're going to come across something called corruption of blood and you're like what the hell does that mean mm. what's corruption of blood and that that's exactly what we're talking about and why weren't we taught this stuff in school corruption of blood yeah, would that pertain to people like you and me or would that pertain to the no elites? no that that pertained back no that pertained back to the cats uh, like Washington, these dudes that were actual, uh, they were, they were, they were in the monarchy. That's they what were I'm in saying. That so system. corruption of they were the elite. So they... the deal was this: if if you you did something against the monarchy, the king or whatever, 
and they found you guilty, then there's a book where they track and they keep all of the people in that in that system listed. So so the sins of the father would be put down into the sins of the son. And so okay. your blood would be corrupted. Indentured servitude. You and your family is blotted out of the book. You are no longer part of this royal, this monarchy system. You're, you're, if you're a lord, you're not a lord anymore. Now you're a peasant. Your blood is corrupted. So okay. what they put in the Declaration of Independence was that if they are found – basically, if they're found guilty, that they're legally saying that it would protect their families from not being blotted out of the book. Okay. That they were guarding against the, the corruption of the blood. So sovereignty. You are a sovereign being. You well, didn't... well, yeah, and they were, they were protecting their own families. Yeah, but but it led you to understand at what level they were communicating at that 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 was a part of this process. Now, when they created this country and they created sovereign people that lived here, the mm -hmm. individuals were sovereign. We are sovereign, and our and we are only governed by the one sovereign, which is the only sovereign which is God. And they put that in our documents. So God is the sovereign over us. No human being is over us. Mm -hmm. And so just that thing alone boiled their, boiled their blood, man. They were so pissed that all of a sudden, all of these freaking pieces of chattel, you know, or chortle, whatever the, these, creatures these insects these insignificant these peasants things, they were now on equal legal status as me man fuck you that they were pissed dude they wanted to destroy us and they've been wanting to destroy us ever since they were they hate us that they peasant isn't us. a lord they hate us yes i know and, okay I know. now for anybody You're preaching to the choir brother Right. So anybody, and this is for anybody that doesn't know that's listening to this stuff. It is why people like me get freaked out when our 44th bowed to the Queen of yes. England and to the, and to the, the king in uh, the, you know, in, in Saudi Arabia. Okay. So check this out, Mark, because it's going to go along with what you said. Well, this I mean, is what, I'm this just going to say this because if you're a sovereign, if I'm sovereign, the, the sovereign in in a monarchical society is the king. Yes. Period. Of course. Everybody bows to the king. But because we, each citizen is a sovereign, kings don't bow to kings. No. That's part of, that's part of that rule. Of course. So no U.S. citizen, man, woman, child, if you're born a U.S. citizen, you are now on equal legal legal yes. status as all monarchs, all kings and queens of the... So this is a land of kings and queens. So listen... And so we do not bow. No. And so when somebody no. in our country bows to that, they're either what? They're either one, ignorance, or they are not a citizen. 
So check this out. I don't think out. that dude was ignorant. So check this when out. He was bound. So the first example I had of that in my lifetime was when George Bush Sr. was in office. And they had, you know, the Operation Desert Storm, the battle between like Kuwait right. and, you know, uh, yeah. Saddam Hussein and, and the Bushes, right? And Bush somehow solidifies uh, stuff with Kuwait and the oil fields and all that. Well, the queen says she wants to bring Bush Sr. to uh, be honored in England. Well, what what does Bush do when he gets to the queen? He kneels before her and she knights him, which according to global rumors america's a superpower we're a sovereign nation well when what did what did that tell you when george bush knelt before the queen to get knighted that he was lower than a knight until she decided to upgrade him to a knight which to me means because if we show up somewhere like you know desert storm or whatever who shows up next the british royal army which to me means were the peasant military for the British Royal Army. So when George Bush Sr. did that, he basically said he was serving the Queen. Correct? Mm-hmm. I mean, Bush Sr. Yeah, did so it. That, and then you well, take that, it all the way to Obama. To me, that Bush well, to Obama look, is the same administration. And look, and look when you saw Trump go over there, he's... He, he was walking, walking he in front walked, of her and you're never you're never supposed to turn your back to the queen yeah and that dude was walking yeah. proudly boldly in front of her, in front yeah. of her like like yeah. 10 steps yeah in front of her she was following him 100 because he is truly a, a sovereign and he knew he was a sovereign and you will never see that you're bowed to nobody and so you know that's that's a small thing for some people and they think that people like us are you know, you guys are freaks. You're conspiracy theorists. Yeah. And you're, that's such a weird thing. And it's, it's meaningless. They don't see it. No, no symbols, symbols like that and, and rituals like that yes. are not meaningless. Yeah, they're not They have a lot of history and they have a lot of power involved in, in what's going on. And and when if you or me would stand in front of a king and another country, I'd be damned if I'm going to bow. You can suck me. I, and I and they said something. I'm like, I'm a sovereign citizen. I'm a sovereign. I'm a sovereign individual of America, United States of America. That's who I am. And you and I are equals. And I will not bow to you. I will so, not bow. So, to you. do you know about the legalities of sovereignty and how these people right now are currently violating our sovereignty? No. Okay, I haven't got into that. Okay, I mean, I can, okay. I can understand it, and I can, uh, I can c- come up with my own opinions. Yes, of how things yeah. are happening, but I would not speak to that because it's something I haven't really. I I got to tell you, um, after my own deep dive like that, and and it took me to such a dark place, um, and I saw and I got oh, so much information. Yeah. That I I've I I've never dove like that again. I I will dive similarly, you know, down to get information and to be knowledgeable on current affairs and yeah. kind of understand stuff. But I uh, 
uh, like financial stuff. I dive down in finances and, and do that. And, and, you know, which we um, need to do another episode on finances in the future. And, and I'll, I'll do that because, you know, the whole thing about the, the Federal Reserve is, is something that's really, you know, that's how you control. That's that is the controlling mechanism of the elite is controlling the currency and the IMF. Absolutely. Uh, the IMF and to control currencies, you got to know how much is in circulation, mm-hmm. and that's what the IMF does, and that's what how George Soros and I, and I got a story about how I found out about George Soros a long time ago through business, and how he was manipulating currencies around the world, which yeah. affect, directly affected a corporation I was working for that was doing uh, global business, and how he fucked over Malaysia, and that's how I found out about him, researched him. Uh, saw the 60 minutes. Well, he's interview. openly admitted it. Yeah, on 60 minutes. And then I saw that, dude. I saw that back before I knew you. I found that information, um, and uh, was hip to that. And uh, where the dude straight up said, "I'm," um, you know, and that's that's where I just like, oh my god. You got these people that are like, you know, the the slugs screaming, you know more salt and they're screaming the salt shaker, you know, to be their, their boss and their leader, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, that little picture that I like to show people. And, you know, people like that will call patriots Nazis when, when the dude, and I know what a Nazi is, right? Yeah. We <laughs> all know what a Nazi earth. is. And, and, um, it's like, and Hey man, got somebody who, yeah. They're, they're calling patriots Nazis, and patriots are like, "Hey, man, I just want to go to my job and spend time with my family, yeah, and so not that's, be." That's a whole. Then again, that's a whole other thought. <laughs> you know? discussion is the the power of, of words and the appropriation of words. Absolutely. You know how I can reappropriate a word to to mean something, and and that's part of that psychological warfare that's been happening, and uh, then and, and you know. Again, if you look at the founding documents and, you know, the whole thing about Webster and, and you study uh, the dictionaries and how that came about and and the meanings of legal documents and how you must use uh, legal uh, understandings of terms based on when they're written and not a living document. I think that's bullshit and that's just another form of control. Um, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, because, you know, hey, hey, man, I, I managed lots of people. And I've been in corporate life and I've done a lot of things. And if I, it's simple, it's simple to understand. If you work for me and I don't give you clearly defined expectations of your job and I don't have it documented, I can, I can, I can fuck you over anytime I want, man, by saying you're not, you will never get a raise if I want to be that kind of person. Cause I always say you're not doing your job. And what are you going to say? I can have a document and I'm like, well, that doesn't mean that now. It means this now, and you're not doing your job. Man, that's that's a life in quicksand. You can't have law that that that's the whole. What did we start with? The, the understanding of law, why it was codified. Why did you codify the law so people would know what the law is? Exactly. And how exactly. you know what a law is that changes based on the times? You can't. That's quicksand. Well, like That's you, bullshit. Like you said, That's another mechanism of control. Well, well, like you said, bro, and, and it just—it's—it's it's really just this simple, man. Uh, greed and money 
lead to to power. And I'm going to say this, um, you know, which I've heard from Sam Tripley on the Tinfoil Hat podcast, and he couldn't have been more right. Conspiracies lead to spirituality, uh, because you realize once you once you go on a deep dive, you realize, oh my God, the the pit of this darkness is based on this demonic spirituality, which must mean there's a polar opposite. There's there's a loving, kind, light, gentle spirituality that has to combat this evil darkness. The lie or the truth. Correct? Yeah. That's and, it. You know what? And here's I'm gonna here's something that I did not write, but a great man wrote, and it talks about what you're doing with your podcast and people like you and why I, why I appreciate you brother cherish therefore the spirit of our people and keep alive their attention. Do not be too severe upon their errors, but reclaim them by enlightening them. Reclaim, right? Reclaim them by enlightening them. Mm -hmm. If once they become inattentive to the public affairs you and I in Congress and assemblies, judges and governors to all become wolves. Thomas Jefferson, 1787. Here's yeah. another one. 100%. Honor justice, honor justice and humanity. Forbid us tamely to surrender that freedom which we received from our gallant ancestors, and which our innocent posterity have a right to receive from us. We cannot endure the infamy and guilt of resigning succeeding generations to that wretchedness, which in it, in it, that uh, inevitably waits them if we basely entail hereditary bondage on them. So, you know, that was Thomas Jefferson's declaration of the causes and necessities of taking up arms. In 1775. Yeah. So he's like, you know, and, and what are we saying now? We're like, you know, this wretchedness that we talk to about the, what, the greed, money, power, control. It's the path to wretchedness. You know, and I, I didn't choose that word wretchedness earlier because I had read this. I just now read this and went, oh, well, yeah, there's the, there's the connection again, the thread that read, goes back to that. And, and it's, I've, it's a path of wretchedness, and, and we don't want we don't want our kids to have that. We don't want to put that on them. No, and and we've been slipping. Our parents slipped. Our, our parents grandparents slipped, and our grandparents were slipping. The 1950s, bro. Think about it. After the war, the 1950s was a massive well, look, indoctrination period. After the Second World War, everything was you know that whole process of have taken the you know the world reserve currency before that was Media. the british pound it was the british pound and and then it became uh the the american us dollar became the reserve currency people, they shifted that people really went to sleep and i'm going to have to i'm going to have to to end this podcast soon but people yeah. really fell asleep once the television Media and entertainment. Oh, that to me is the number one tool of these people. Because when you look at people today that are 
totally unaware, have no fucking idea, and they're running around like they know everything because they learned everything from the television. And to me, these people are going to have a real fucking hard time when the shit hits the fan. They're not going to be prepared. They're, they're, they're going to tell you how they weren't warned. It, oh, nobody told me. But you and me have been telling a lot of these people for the last 20 years about what's going on. Man, I'd, I'd lost my family, bro. Yeah, me too. Early on, back, back in those days when the deep dive was happening and, and, and whenever my, my family would talk to me and I would be like warning them about the Federal Reserve and how it's, you know, this probably, the, to me, the Federal Reserve was the worst thing crime ever committed to this in this country. And, you know, and they're like, what the hell are you talking about? You know, and yeah. I was just some crazy nut living out in California, you know, and I was off on the deep end. But and we're going to have to do a, a podcast on the Federal Reserve, bro, because I know you know a lot can, about that. And I really want to do that. You, dude, that and, and, you know, we have a we have a champion who, uh, you know. And that's a whole nother thing. How, yeah. how we'll our, get we'll get into all of that next next podcast. That down. Yeah. yeah. For sure. We'll, we'll, but, um, because because a lot of people, I, I and I know, I think I know who you're talking about. A lot of people aren't ready to hear that name. Like you said, oh, I don't want to speak number forty four. A lot of people don't want to hear about about the other the other name, which which I love saying because you know, again, as an outside observer, I have my personal opinions on which sides I lean towards far more than the other. Um, well, you know, it's it's one thing when when one when somebody to me, look, man, I'm I'm not a Republican or a Democrat. I if you a, a really smart brother on a on a tour I was on, sax player. This dude was Islamic, you know. So mm-hmm. we 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 had our disagreements on on a, on our religion process, but. You know, I I always say this: truth is God, and God is truth. So you, yes, you don't know this. I can find truth from somebody that hates God. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Don't, or an atheist. Yeah. Truth is truth is truth, truth is, is truth, truth, man. And and you know, to deny that, then you're denying you know that you're denying truth, and that's ego and pride or something. But Marky the brother Mark. said, you know, the brother said, labels. Be careful of labels. You know, and he 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 educated me for about an hour rolling down the road about labels and how dangerous labels are. And he is he is so true. Uh, it, but if I was ever going to accept a label, it would be probably more in the libertarian mode. Yeah, uh, basically yeah. the, the libertarian mode of of leave me the fuck alone. Let me live my life the way I want to live my life as long as I'm not impeding another person's life. And, you know. And that's it. I don't. I want the government to have the least amount of control and power over me as possible. Yeah, so, I mean, because at the end of the day, we, we finance these assholes, and for them to to be, you know, imposing all these tyrannical laws on us, and then expecting us to pay taxes and do all this other bullshit, um, it's like, well, what the fuck are we gonna listen to you for? Like, what are you doing for us? And then you got these fucking. You know, a lot of these cops, and, and I'm not saying all the cops, but you because there's a lot of cops speaking out against this shit, a lot of these cops enforcing these tyrannical rules, they took an oath to defend the American people against enemies foreign and domestic. And what we have here 
in this country right now is domestic terrorism, and people are sleeping on that because there's this a big virus... difference in police and sheriffs. You know, that's a whole other thing. Yeah. Well, hey, buddy, <laughs> you know, and, I love you, yeah. and I'm so glad that um, we got to do this, and we're gonna have to set up in the next couple of weeks if you have time. Man. To do something yeah, on the down. Federal Reserve. I'm down. I'm totally down. I yeah, would love that. that's a whole. Well, you know, we talk about law and, and we talk a little bit about currency and money. Um, and so we've set the groundwork for the, the, the next stage of talking about the money, you know, for sure. Yes. And I know you know a lot that, about it because know, we've talked about it off mechanism. the record. Yes, yeah, the controlling mechanism. And that's, that's, that's good to understand how that works. Yes. So when people all of a sudden don't have any money and they're wondering what the hell just happened, well, we're going to tell you why. What exactly. Happened. You know. Exactly. It's something so, done. So uh, we'll get, I'll get in touch with you. Um, I'll text you after you know we get off this uh, podcast and we will set up a date and time, hopefully earlier in the day because – I don't know what time it is where you're at right now at 7.30 where I'm at. Um, yeah. Is it 10.30 where you are? I don't want to say where I'm at. Uh, okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you don't have to say where you're at. I just was wondering the time zone. Uh, but uh, we'll set up a time earlier in the day when our brains are firing sharper. Because I know earlier brain, in the day. Me, I'm a night person. My brain fires. At, so, you know, so my brain is sharp late. between 12 and 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 like two thirty, and then it gets sharp again at okay. night around nine ten ish. I do uh, my best thinking after midnight. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm up till but like two or I'm three good, every though. night. I, I'm good, man. You know, I've had to I've had to take on the uh, a regular kind of routine because of the entertainment business being shot to shit. Yeah, and um, so yeah, I've been getting up at five thirty instead of going to bed at five thirty. So. So, Mark, like, I'm good. I want to thank you for coming on and uh, blessing us with some of your insight and, and some of the history of, of uh, America and the world. And uh, we're going to have to do this again, brother. Man, thank you. You're, thank you, man. You're welcome. You're God, God bless you and stand strong. All right, peace.